Today we gather to worship the living God, and the Bible tells us that God is timeless. God is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and end of all things. And the promise uh, and the hope that is ours in Scripture is that God's love for us never ends. He's always with us. God is always for us. He's on our side. God is the ruler of the earth, and his blessings are great, and his blessings are many. So as we gather this morning, let's do that in God's spirit as we give praise and thanksgiving to the eternal Lord. Will you pray with me? God who was and is and is yet to be, we invite you to fill our lives this day with overflowing joy. Open up our eyes fully to see your goodness and your love. Remind us that you are always forgiving and you are always loving. Open our hearts that we might learn even more how to be compassionate and accepting of all people. Remind us too, dear God, through the life of Jesus Christ that we are to be persons of courage. Empower us today to live Christ-like lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving weekend. In our house, it's always a little crazy when all the family comes home. But you know what, when God also gives us times like this, to come and to just relax in his presence and enjoy hearing uh, the good news proclaimed. So I hope you came today to let your soul be filled uh, with some comfort and peace as Pastor Tim comes in a few moments to share with us from one of the most loved and read Old Testament Psalms, Psalm 23. Next week, we're going to begin a new teaching series for the season of Advent, and the series is called um, Light Shines in the Darkness. So I hope you'll be here for that as once again we begin our journey to Bethlehem and remember the birth of a baby that would change the world by his very presence here on earth. Bow with me today in a moment of prayer, will you? Lord, we gather this morning after a time of national thanksgiving a time when we have celebrated the freedoms of liberty and our God-given blessings in this nation. But we're mindful today that, uh, that with you, blessing comes with responsibility to acknowledge the one from whom all blessings come. It is you we adore, O oh God, not the material things we so often see as blessings, but only you. You are present with us in all the experiences of our life, and you hear our cries when we are in need. In the midst of life's storms, we see evidence of your presence, and deep within us, we know that you reign. God, you are gracious and faithful. You're full of compassion and mercy, and you offer forgiveness to all who seek it. In the stressful times of our life, we look to you, not to ourselves. We seek your wisdom, not the thinking of this world. You constantly call us to participate in the new day that you are bringing among us, to join in your creative works and turn our thoughts in a new direction. So Father, we seek you today with our whole heart. Engage us in, in our quest for truth. Alert us to your presence among us and write your name in our hearts. Hear the prayers of your people this day and send your Holy Spirit to bear witness with our spirits that we are your children. For it's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, Lord, may they be found acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen.
Well, I had 20 minutes, not for the message. I had 20 minutes to get back to DeWitt from Lansing um, before I would be late from picking up my oldest son from school. And I, as, I, as I looked at the clock, I had this sense of peace um, because it would only take me 15 minutes to get there. Maybe you've experienced that. When everything in life seems to be going just as you planned and it's all going to work out perfect. Well, I had that sense of peace, and as I turned onto Homer Street, um, it, it quickly faded because I had intended just to merge onto 127 North and, and, and get back to town quickly, um, but then I saw it, the, the flashing arrow sign in the middle lane, not just one way, but, but going both ways, and I had a choice to make, a quick choice. Do I go in the right lane, or do I go in the left lane? And the choice was pretty simple for me because the right lane was full, and so merging into the right lane meant waiting and stopping traffic to merge over. And so I merged into the left lane, which was completely empty, planning to get through and around the flashing arrow sign in the middle lane and merging back over into the center lane so I could get on the on-ramp for 127 North. However, that doesn't happen in the left lane because the left lane was a turn-only lane, and I found myself in this sense of panic as I found myself turning onto Oakland not going the way that I planned. Mid-crisis, mid I realized that I could pick up Grand River, so it would be fine, and, and, and it would only add a couple more minutes to my trip, and I would be fine. I'd get to school, get my son on time, not a problem. Until I came to Martin Luther King Jr. Some of you laugh. You've been there. Well, on this particular day, a few weeks ago, it was not only under construction, but it was completely closed. And the only way I could go was to turn southbound on, southbound on MLK. Now, granted, I have not driven around Lansing a lot. Um, I have in the past, but it's been a while, so I, I didn't know where to go. And so I did like we all do, and I pulled over and took my phone out of my pocket because we don't look at maps while we drive. We, we know we're, we're good people. Um, I looked at maps and I saw that, that Willow was, was, was near and I knew how to get there from Willow. And so after giving a, a brief prayer of blessing upon the orange cones behind me, I set out on my course to make my way back home. Detours are no fun. No one likes detours. They are inconvenient at best and, and devastating to our well-made plans so let me ask you, um, over this last week um, while you were traveling, and if any of you came to a detour on your route, what was your first emotional reaction? Was it joy? If you're laughing, I would say no, probably more of frustration. Um, you know, sometimes I come to detours and I, I do have joy because the destination that I'm going to, I really don't want to go to in the first place. And so sometimes hitting a detour or a slowdown is not necessarily a bad thing, but for most, most of the time, it's not something that we look forward to because detours sometimes can be devastating to our journey. Merriam-Webster's online dictionary defines a detour as a deviation from a direct course or the unusual procedure, especially a roundabout way, temporary, temporarily replacing part of a route. Most of us can attest to the fact that the road of life is filled with detours. Life is full of detours. We each face deviations from the courses that we set. We, we have our plans and our intended destinations, and unintentionally they're replaced with unplanned new routes, detours that we did not expect 
or plan on. Whether it's our careers or, or it's our health or it's our family or, or anything else, anything else. Each of us know the reality of making a plan, embarking on that journey, and then being detoured away from it. And it's amidst, it is amidst that reality that I want to focus our attention today as, as we look at what it means to be detoured in life. And to do that, we're going to frame our discussion today around a, a famous Old Testament scripture, Psalm 23, which many of you know and probably know by heart. Now, Psalm 23 is often used in funerals, and, and as such, it's associated with the end of life. But when David wrote this, this psalm, this song of worship, it was really a song of life, of life lived in the real world, with the experiences that we often have in real life. And so we're going to look at what David has for us today in this psalm. So traditionally, psalms were used in worship in the early Jewish culture. They were songs or they were responses and choral readings. And so what I'd like to ask you to do this morning is to join me in reading Psalm 23. We're gonna break it up into a few parts. But if you would, if you direct your attention to the screen and join me in reading the first few verses of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. There is a peace that surfaces in our hearts and lives when things go the way that we plan them to. Even more when our plans align with God's plan, those of us who are planners know the joy of seeing all of the details align without any extraneous, extra, extra variables. Excuse me. Equally so, all of us spontaneous live in the moment folks know the same joy when we set a goal and then work towards that goal and we see it through without any extra stress. Many of us here even have experienced that sure joy, that pure joy in our lives when our plans and God's plans alive or align and we find ourselves in our, in our life circumstances surrounded with joy and happiness. And this is the way that we would choose it if we could. If we could choose it, the planners would make a plan, set it in action, and then see it through. And, and the non-planners would set a goal and then work to see it through. But this is not what we find most often in our lives, is it? How many of our plans actually come through? The reality is that most of them don't because we run into detours, things that pop up that are unexpected. And this brings us to our first point this morning. And it's simply that detours are unplanned. They're not, a part, they're not a part of what we would plan for our lives or for our kids' lives. Now, this may seem like common sense, but I want you to sit with this idea for a moment. See, King, Di King David opens this particular psalm with this idea of rest and renewal and strength. And he also introduces a major theological concept that we shouldn't overlook. King David uses the phrase, this phrase rarely, but he says, the Lord is my shepherd. 
God is defined in a variety of ways in the Old Testament. There's plenty of names and phrases that we attribute to God, but it's only three times, three times, and only in the Psalms in the Old Testament where we find this concept of God being my shepherd. See, a shepherd was a caretaker who offered protection and security as well as provided all the basic needs for the fold. What is even more interesting, though, is that David says that the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. David doesn't say the Lord is Israel's shepherd. He doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd. He says the Lord is my shepherd. And why is that important? It's important because those are two drastically different things. It is one thing to say that God is a shepherd or God is shepherding. It's entirely different to say God is my shepherd because one is a descriptive term and the other is a relationship that involves dependence. Do you see the difference? Jesus talks about this a lot in the New Testament, and so we're familiar with the idea of of the good shepherd and, and God being a shepherd, but for David, this was a new idea. This was something that wasn't talked about. See, in the first few stanzas, David talks about God's presence in the good things in life, in the planning and the preparing. Rest, peace, and strength are found in these moments. Think about this in the context of your life. When things are working out in your life, when when God is guiding and you are following, when you are content in life, do you not feel rested, peaceful, strengthened by your experience? If we were able to define the direction of our lives, I think that this is the path most of us would choose to take. This is the path that we would plan for our lives and our kids' lives and our kids' kids' lives. Detours from this life direction are unplanned, but unplanned does not mean without purpose. Life is a journey through hills and valleys. We know this, which means we, go, we have our highs and we have our lows. We understand that, and we have to take the detours as they come. Will you join me in reading verse 4? Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. David's position completely changes here. I don't know if you heard it as you read it, but it completely changes because previously David had spoken about God. Now the conversation changes. Instead of talking about God, David starts talking to God. Instead of saying me and my, he leads me, he lets me, he rescues me, he guides me, David begins to speak with you's and eyes. Even when I walk, I will not be afraid, for you are close, your rod, your staff. David's position changes because the unplanned detours have arrived. Show of hands, how many of you can clearly identify a darkest valley moment of your life. Most of us can. And if you can't, we can talk later. Recognize what's happening here, though. For you who have experienced dark valleys and have dealt with that kind of detour in your life, listen to what David says. Because he does not accuse God of sending him into dark valleys. David understands that it was not God who took him there. He says, even when I walk through darkest valley, 
through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. David does not blame God for the, for the detour. Instead, he recognizes God's presence with him during the detour. God may allow the detour to happen in your life, but he does not abandon you to walk through it alone. Yes, you did not plan the detour in your life. Yes, it would have been simpler if it never happened in the first place. Even so, you are not traveling alone down the path set before you. And the detour, while it may be inconvenient at the time, is, the better, is better than the alternative because detours are the best route. And you can disagree with me on that, but detours are the best route. On, on the road, in my, my life of driving, I have been detoured around a variety of things. Living all over the country, I've been detoured around rock slides and mud slides, about road, around roads that have been washed out and sinkholes. I've been detoured around down power lines and intersections that look completely fine. Even still, each detour was designed and put in place because the chosen path that I had decided to go down was no longer passable. No longer passable. I could no longer go through it. In my story that I started the message time with today about get, trying to get out of Lansing, I'll admit I was pretty frustrated. When I got to MLK, I did think if I could just get through this barricade, I could stay on track. Have you ever thought about going around a barricade? No, you wouldn't do that, I know. I did think about it. If I could just get through this barricade, everything would have been all right. I wouldn't have been late. My plans would have been fine. Because the detour meant I was late and my plans didn't happen. And there were consequences for my plans not happening. Not only for me, but for my son. The thing is, is that the road was no longer passable. I couldn't go through. And what happens so much in our lives is, is when we find ourselves amidst a detour is that we sit in that spot and we stew on the hypothetical. If I could just cross that, that barricade. We act as though the thing or the place or the future was actually still possible. Like we could just jump the curve. But the reality is that sometimes that we sometimes fail to see is that the desired destination, the place on the other side of the detour sign or orange cones is no longer reachable without a detour. There's no reset button, no control Z, no undo. So what do you do when your chosen route, your chosen path is no longer an option? When the road that you desire to go down is now impassable, regardless of your desire, what do you do? Because you have options. You have options. You can take the detour. You can take the detour and try to get somewhat back on course. You could give up. You could turn around and go home or go back. You could, you could stay right there and fixate on the detour and never move another inch in your life because you got blocked off on one road. People do this but you have a choice to make. You can stay right there at the sign, you can take the detour, or you can give up and go back. 
David speaks directly to God. He says, I will not be afraid, even though, even though things did not go as I planned. I did not plan for this dark valley. But I will not be afraid because God is with me. He is strengthening me and he is protecting me. And that's very interesting. David says that your rod and your staff are protecting and comforting me. You see, the shepherd's rod was, was a tool. It was a weapon that was used to, 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 to fend off wild animals. And, and the shepherd's the staff was for guidance and, and, and redirection and balance, protection and comfort. When David says that he walks through dark valleys, he realizes that God is not the author of the dark valley, but that God is present, defending and protecting him. And the same is true in our lives. When we are hit with a detour, when we hit the wall while running, when life throws us a curveball, when we hit a detour on the road of our life, we must choose another path. And as we quest out on this unplanned detour, God is with us, defending us and protecting us and it may not feel like it in the moment. It may not feel like God is protecting you and comforting you, but that doesn't mean that God isn't protecting you and comforting you from something much worse. Because God is always, always, always with us. The detour is the best route, and you might not believe this, but the um, designers of detours. I have a friend who works for MDOT, and she was telling me that when they design detours, it's the Michigan Department of Transportation and the construction companies and the local parties all get together and decide the best course, the best course that, that services every vehicle type that allow everyone to get back on track and around the area that needs to get around. A lot of thought goes into the detour, a lot of intentionality. And whether we like it or not, the detour is the best route back. How many of you have, have, have done the, uh, there's a residential road over there, I know where that goes. And you get off the detour, and you find yourself at another closed road. There's intention, and there's design. And the detour always leads us back, always leads us to our final destination, which is our third and final point this morning. Detours lead us to our final destination. And I want to look at this for a moment with two different lenses, the, the deep lens and the wide lens. And from the wide-angled lens, detours, detours get us back on track, en route to our final destination. We have to take the long way home. We have to go the long way around. But we get there eventually. From the wide-angled view, the detour is just, just another piece of the puzzle in the shape of our lives. But from the deep view, from a deeper view of the detour, when our pattern or plan is forced to adjust, we must reassess our intention and our destination. When we are forced to recalculate our path, and we have to make a hard choice. Because when we are hit with a detour, we have to decide, are we even going to follow it? Do we trust enough to follow the detour? Do we have faith in the outcome? Are we making the right choice? Are we even grateful for the opportunity to continue on the journey? Do we have confidence that God is our personal shepherd through the good and the detoured, through the planned and the redirected? 
Let's look at how David wrapped both of these concepts together. He wrapped the rest, the peace, and the strength, the planned in our life, and, and the, the darkest valleys, the detours of his life together. Rejoin me in the last two verses. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I truly, truly love this psalm. I love where it leads us because it touches on the very heart of our existence with God in this life. King David, notably a good, bad king. Good because he, he Scripture says he does amazing things. You know, he, he slays Goliath and he doesn't kill Saul. Bad because he makes some really poor choices. The whole Bathsheba incident and the killing of her husband. Good things, bad things. Green meadows and peaceful streams and darkest valleys of his life. And through it all, David proclaims this. He says, surely your goodness, God. Surely your goodness, God, and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. This is a profound, profound truth about life that we must not miss. Whether you are resting in green meadows or being led beside peaceful streams or walking through the darkest valley of your life, God's goodness and unfailing love pursues you, pursues you all the days of your life. You will find yourself by peaceful streams. At times, you will rest by green meadows. And yes, you will find yourself walking through dark valleys, times of peril in your life, times of unintended detour. But through it all, thick and thin, planned route and detour, God's goodness and unfailing love pursues you. And I love that word, pursue. It means God's goodness and unfailing love seeks you out. It follows you, it chases you, it tracks you, it hunts you, it shadows you. Now there's an image of God's love. God loves God's love shadows you. You can't escape your shadow. It follows you wherever your feet carry you. It's right there at all times, right where your feet hit the ground, right now at every moment. It pursues you in a way that only God can. Detours in life are unplanned. They pop up when we least expect them, but unplanned does not mean without purpose because detours often offer us the best route home. As much as we hate to admit it, when faced with a detour in life, our chosen path, our planned direction is no longer passable. The road is out. It's no longer an option. The detour may not be your choice, but it's your, it is your option forward. And God did not lead you to it, but God will surely see you through it. One way or another, detours ultimately lead us to our final destination. We place our faith and our trust in the only one who is our strength and protection in the darkest valleys, as well as the greenest meadows. And through it all, our personal shepherd, our Lord's goodness and unfailing love pursues each of us 
each of us all the days of our life, every day of our life, even now in this moment. Will you join me in prayer? God of us all, our shepherd in life who pursues us with unfailing love, you fill our cup whether it is full or nearly empty, and we thank you for your presence in our lives, in our greenest meadows and beside our peaceful streams, and for your comfort and protection through our darkest valleys. You never have nor never will abandon us. Today we pause to say thank you. As we travel through life's detours, give us the strength to endure and the faith to proclaim you as our personal Lord, our shepherd, and our Savior. It is through Christ that we pray and all who agreed said, Amen.